now. Cool. All right. Well, let's begin with just a uh, little meditation. So just find a posture. I feel you can go within. Let your presence settle. Let your mind, your emotions and your body settle. Take some deep breaths down into your belly. Letting your belly expand each in-breath. An invitation for your presence to land here more and more fully. Okay, so now in your awareness, I want you to start to expand your awareness and expand it from the felt sense of your own body and your own position in space. And then just start to expand it beyond your body. wider and wider into the space that you're in. And keep expanding it. Let it expand outwards beyond what you even know or can see of your present physical space. Out into the world around you. Out into the town or the location that you're presently located in. And all of this, just like you would be able to hold all of your awareness of your body as one field of awareness. Now expanding your awareness to take in more and more of the world as if in one field. Just continue to expand your awareness until you even can have a felt sense of holding the whole nation that you're in. However that shows up in your awareness.
There's no right, no wrong. So as if you were holding the whole nation that you're in in your awareness all at once. And then continue to expand and see if you can feel your awareness further and further out to include the whole continent that you're on. It's just an experiment. Just feel what that feels like. And then see if you can zoom your awareness even further out to start to take in the whole earth. And to do this, you'll need to include the other kingdoms of nature in your awareness. The mineral kingdom through the whole of the earth. plant kingdom through the whole of the earth, the animal kingdom through the whole of the earth. And humanity the whole of the earth. And see if you can then just open your awareness further to include the, the subtle kingdoms of the soul. And the dark light kingdom of spirit that is Shambhala within this multi-kingdom, multi-dimensional ecology the whole earth system. See if you can just feel some of that with your awareness expanded out to try and include all of it.
And just notice how that feels like, however that shows up in your experience. And tuning into your heart, see if you can feel within that great ecology of different lives and kingdoms. See if you can feel humanity as one life. As one entity. See if you can feel that as you stay connected to your heart. Explore that whilst you're connected to your heart. See if it shows you anything. And see if you can feel that one life that is humanity, that's alive and vibrating through all human beings. as just one stream of life within the earth, which is also one life. See if you can tune into across all the kingdoms of nature, physical and subtle. Through your heart, through your body. One life beating, vibrating, alive, breathing, circulating. the whole of the earth. And see if you can just let that one life of the earth be your sense of I. You can let go of your personal sense of I, your individual sense of I. Just allow yourself to switch into 
the one eye of the earth through all its kingdoms and ecologies and dimensions. One organism, one entity. How does that feel in your experience? Okay, deep breath. Okay, and you can let that go. Stretch out your body as you need to. So I want to begin with a story, but it's a true story, it's a sad story. I think it's a true story, the story that Bruce told me. So Bruce lives in New Zealand, and as we all know, in New Zealand, um, there's still a strong presence of the indigenous Maori culture. And one of the things that's remarkable about New Zealand is that New Zealand's one of the only places that the indigenous culture was not conquered. There are obviously many other examples around the world where um, colonial folk of my kind, British often, or Spanish or Dutch or often European, um, rocked up on other people's land. It doesn't belong to anyone, but rocked up on places where there are already human beings doing their thing for quite a long time and you know, decided to bring them civilization. And um, that often involved a huge amount of conflict. And, you know, the, um, the history of uh, colonialism is horrendous like utterly horrendous in terms of its injustice and its brutality and its disrespect. And yet, when the white colonists showed up in New Zealand, the indigenous Maori greeted them with open arms and actually rejoiced at their, arising, at their arrival because they understood that their sky brothers had come and that they had an understanding that whilst they held the earth, other communities of human beings had gone on other journeys. They'd gone to the sky and they had now 
found the riches of the sky and done that journey and now they come back to be with their earth family to reunite of course the maori were um they projected a level of nobility onto the white colonists that was not the intention of those white colonists so what i'm getting at here right is that um the maori had this understanding that different communities of human beings have been on different journeys to unfold different aspects of what it means to be human and what it means to really be here and some human beings had stayed with the physical earth some human beings had stayed with and this is how we'd understand indigenous cultures around the world that they had stayed with the sacredness of the physical plane and the ecological earth whilst other human beings had gone on an, an ascending journey and they descended from the physical plane onto the emotional plane where actually the majority of human beings now operates understood that about 75% of humanity today is really like its altitude of operation where it's hanging out and doing its thing is the emotional plane which is why the majority of human beings are driven by what i like what i don't like what i want what i don't want why i like you why i don't like you now the god i like the gods i don't like dot 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 right and then some other human beings had ascended even further to the mental plane and they're now driven by mind and operating out of mind and actually that's where the majority of our western governments are rooted in right so they're the ones who've kind of gone to the gone to the sky the sky of mind rather than staying with the with the body and with the earth so the reason i share this is because the understanding in the transmilan tradition is that actually earth and humanity on earth represents kind of like a cosmic indigenous culture we have to fractal this whole thing up a bit right so just like indigenous cultures on the planet are understood to be communities of beings who've stayed with the physical plane they have you know rather than done the kind of ascending journey of going into mind and and this kind of stuff and you know rationality and logic as the basis for culture and all these types of pieces they've stayed with the sacredness of the earth so just as the physical plane and the emotional plane and the mental plane actually just like the first three planes of a sevenfold system that also include like the buddhic plane and the atmic plane the monadic plane and the logoic plane these are all understood to be like the seven planes in which the whole shindig of human evolution where beings go through the path of growth and unfolding to eventually connect to who they are as souls and come online as who they are as souls and come online as who they are as initiates of soul and initiates of truth and initiates of love and initiates of what we truly are on deeper levels and unfold themselves as initiates of the mysteries of reality and then as members of hierarchy members of this community of liberated souls on the on the inner planes and then even as the journey goes on and on and on to unfold who they are as spirit and that connects them to shambhala and yet all of these levels understood we have we work with like a sevenfold system of planes here 
these are still all understood to be just the seven subplanes of the cosmic physical plane within the transmillion system. And then there's a cosmic astral plane. And then there's a cosmic mental plane. And then there's a cosmic buddhic plane and so on. And on, you know, it's understood that like a Buddha in the technical sense of the word, join me in the technical esoterics of this. A Buddha in the technical sense of the word is a being who has fully freed themselves from the self, from the cosmic physical plane. Now that's a big deal, right? That's a big fucking deal. Right? It means that they have completed the unfoldment of who we are at our deepest levels. They have cleaned up, rewired the entirety of their system so that every single piece of them is operating in harmony and alignment with the fundamental pulse of reality that they are on every single level. And then they're done with the cosmic physical plane. And then they get to move on to the next thing. So it's said that the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama Buddha, he, he's actually doing his thing on the cosmic astral now, right? And actually the cosmic astral plane is understood that the being incarnating through the earth as a whole, the cosmic Buddha who's incarnating through the earth as a whole has its rooting on the middle plane of the cosmic astral plane, on the fourth subplane of the cosmic astral plane. And then the being incarnating through the solar system has its rooting on the cosmic mental plane. And then there's ashrams, cosmic ashrams on the cosmic buddhic plane, which are incarnated by super fucking evolved, unimaginably vastly evolved beings, unspeakably evolved beings who are incarnating through solar systems and constellations and all as their fields of manifestation where they're holding point for the evolution and for the awakening and for the liberation of life and divinity and whatever particular qualities are the ingredients that they're working with as the manifestation of divinity that's part of their purpose in those fields. Because the universe is understood to be a big place, all right, with a lot of stuff going on. So within that ecology, what's humanity up to? Well, humanity is understood to really be hanging out in the cosmic physical plane. You know, that's where our journey is happening. So just like the indigenous cultures, right, who've stayed with the sacredness of the physical plane on earth and who are still often completely misunderstood and disrespected and um, going through a journey of actually really being hooked up to the culture, that, to the global culture that um, pervades the earth, it's understood that humanity is like a, an indigenous culture of cosmos, right? And going through its own journey of becoming hooked up to the bigger game of what's going on. So there's another piece here, which is like, it's, you know, there's a piece in the teaching which talks about the fruition, the, the kind of mastery expression of beings on the different planes. Because mastery doesn't just mean ascending. You can stay with the physical plane and unfold mastery there. You can stay with the emotional plane and unfold mastery there. You can stay with the mental plane and unfold mastery there. And actually beings of different types have different destinies. It's not the destiny of all beings to ascend onto the higher super subtle planes. You can choose. You can choose 
what frequency of divinity you're going to hold point for because you just fucking love it so deeply and it moves you so deeply and opens you so deeply and because actually that's your destiny yeah so some beings destiny is to ascend onto higher subtle planes and hold point for the transmission and revelation of divinity from those higher subtle planes some beings their destiny is to be part of hierarchy the community of liberated saints and sages on the liber on the on the soul planes and to be part of the ashrams and the transmission of love there some beings it's their destiny to not leave the physicality of earth and the embodiment the embodied dimensions and so it said that those who unfold mastery on the physical plane the full mastery expression of that is is a shaman in the truest way the word is used and you could say like the deepest development of like magicians or psychics and so on is like related to the emotional plane and then so on through the mental plane it's you know said the, for the buddhic plane it's like the the arhat, the, the, the archetype of the arhat, the atmic plane, it's a master. There's a word in the transmilian system for those who, are, who demonstrate full mastery on the monadic plane, which is chohan. They're called chohans. And full Buddhas, as I've said before, Buddha in a technical sense of the word is a being who's achieved mastery on all of the seven planes. So again, where I'm going with this is like if we fractal it all up again, yeah, and we understand that Humanity is doing its thing on the cosmic physical plane. It's holding point for the revelation of divinity here. That's why in these teachings and in this particular transmission that I'm going into today, it's said that humanity and actually the earth is a cosmic shaman. Its destiny is to show up as a cosmic shaman. Right? So as I've said before, you've heard me say before, in this, in this body of teachings, the earth is actually understood to embody the base chakra of the solar system. So different planets play different roles. It's understood that the solar system is a multidimensional ecology. Yeah. And so Jupiter, for instance, is understood to embody the heart chakra of the solar system. And actually when you get into this stuff and you start to, this is like, I'm so fucking passionate about this stuff, right? When you start to let this stuff penetrate you, right? And you start to look and you get a little fifth ray, right? And you start to use your mind to actually read shit about how the universe works. And you look into this stuff. It's amazing, right? Do you know Jupiter is understood to have a magnetic field so powerfully large that it attracts into itself pretty much all comets and meteors that are flying through the solar system and they plunge into jupiter and explode on jupiter's surface because they get dragged in by its magnetic field right. so it's like for me that's like wow it's like the kind of jupiter's going to take it for the team right right jupiter's like its heart field is so large it's like no come to me come to me and this stuff goes on, you know, it's like there are mysteries related to each of these planets that holds point for particular frequencies and energies like Saturn is said to embody the, the throat chakra of the solar logos and, um, and, and it goes on and on and on. I could go through the planets, but Earth is understood to embody the base chakra 
And the base chakra is, what, what is the base chakra? It's, it's the storehouse of Kundalini, right? But just like, and what is Kundalini? Kundalini is the presence of the divine life force in the base chakra of the body. But the earth base chakra is no different from your base chakra. Hey, Mikhail, welcome. Good to see you, bro. Like, it's no different from my base chakra as well, which is the base chakra. Kundalini is covered over by the life and death drives, right? Like the base chakra is where our life and death drives are held, which is why, you know, that's the, a lot of the stuff that gets triggered if you're in a life or death situation or if your nervous system or little piles of trauma that you have living there and I have living there believe that you're apparently in a life or death situation, right? So, and then it's like, bang, life or death stuff activated and you get a bunch of power liberated in your system to apparently defend yourself or just to argue with your partner, right? So... Yeah, we've all been there. So, um, just holding the, I'm saying this because I want us to come back to like, there's a piece which is always worth coming back to, which is really um, the core essence of what it means to be here for humanity, what, what the role of a cosmic shaman is as humanity. It's about the revelation of divinity through the physical. So, actually, it's understood that the deepest. Uh, purpose really of what humanity is here for is the revelation of divinity at a deeper level of physicality than is often the case in the cosmos. And so these teachings have the understanding that actually our, not even just the wider galaxy or the cosmos, but even our solar system are, is teeming with life and other civilizations on subtle levels, not necessarily always on physical levels. On subtle levels each of the planets is even described as a planetary school as a school for souls and the names of each of the schools and the energies that they work with and the initiations that being go, beings go through are listed in these teachings but earth is the only one in our solar system and actually one of not so many in the galaxy where shit's going down on a physical plane and um and because of that, you know, we are working or actually the being who's incarnating through the earth itself is working with a really heavy matter where it's hard to remember who we are and to live who we are. And give me a show of hands if you find it hard to live and demonstrate the full divinity of who you are on a daily basis. Yep. Right. It's, it's hard sometimes, right? So, okay. So this is like the cosmic shaman piece. Right. And it's um, it's not just to do with the recognition and the revelation of divinity on the physical plane. But what do shamans do? Think about it. Shamans um, commune with open to access other planes of experience and their different energies and bring them down and transmit them through the fields that they're a part of. So it's actually understood that Earth will eventually in in the age which is dawning now, you know, in the, in the coming decades, start to move in this direction um, towards humanity starting to realize itself as, as a player in the cosmos, as a part of a wider multidimensional ecology where there are other sources of massive energies which can not only, when we invoke them into our planetary life play huge roles in the evolution of what's happening here, but actually then we can start to become players in the transmission of these energies through the wider cosmic environment. 
Yeah. So, you know, there's a thing which DK mentions about, you know, we're only just beginning to understand that um, gamma ray bursts from the galactic center seem to have played a major role in certain major genetic mutations which have happened in the course of human evolution, which have resulted in stuff being the way it is. So sometimes we get bursts of gamma ray energy, which is extremely, it's like the most high frequency energy that humanity is even aware of. Sometimes we get a burst of that lightning that hits Earth and it seems to radically shift a bunch of stuff in terms of the way matter works and in terms of the way the whole evolutionary process works. And there's processes of evolutionary biological emergence that happen, which are like, oh, now everything's doing something different. And suddenly we've reached a new stage of the entire evolutionary journey because we got a hit from the galactic center. Right? So we're just beginning to get that actually the cosmic super high voltage energies that's, that are coming into Earth at times have really significant results in terms of the evolutionary process that we're a part of here. So that's just like the beginning, right? That's just like the beginning of us starting to realize and then even then start to play a, a participatory role in the fact that this is an alive, abundant, powerful cosmos where multiple streams of energy transmission are happening from all sorts of sources all over the place that is part of a wider, vaster living ecology that should we be able to get our shit together and actually not be so intensely preoccupied with just not being violent to ourselves or violent to each other or violent to the earth, but start to move into a place where we are living in harmony with ourselves and in harmony with the earth and in harmony with each other, then we get to open to the bigger game. Anybody here ever had the experience that when you stop being so preoccupied with being able to basically tie your shoelaces on an emotional level each day, then you start to actually become available for other things in life? Anyone ever had that experience? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes we still find it hard to tie our shoelaces. It's okay, right? And like, that's, that's the piece, right? That's the piece for humanity as a whole. Okay, so that's, that's point one. Um, yeah, so I think what I'd like to do now is I want to put you guys in some small groups and um, I want to drop in a question and I want to invite you to reflect on it. And um, so I'm just going to get the small group thing going. I do not want 11 participants per room. Yeah, it would take us a long time. Okay. Right. So what I want to invite you, so each person is going to have two minutes to share. Uh, you're going to be in breakout rooms of two or three people. And as is our custom on these calls. And um, the question I want to invite you to answer is, if you contemplate what's possible for humanity beyond us just working out a decent society here, 
like if you project your awareness beyond us just coming to a place of peace with ourselves and peace with each other and peace with the earth, what feels possible for you? What do you feel in a way that touches you? Not just a kind of mental exercise of like, yeah, maybe this is possible. We could build this type of shit or whatever. Like feel, feel into your humanity and what feels real and true and meaningful to you about what we are. What do you feel? What do you see as the deepest potential for our species beyond just coming to a point of integration with ourselves and each other in the earth? If that's step one, what happens then for you if you feel into the deepest potential of what we are? Okay, so I'm going to put you in um, rooms and I'll give you little instructions about time, each person two minutes, and then I'll bring you all back.
Okay, so we're just the last few folks return. see a bunch of people just like out in nature, like outside in the sun, looks great. A little jealous. Okay, so um, how about we have just a little harvest and um, yeah. How was that for you? Like what came up? Just a, just a couple of shares and then we'll move on to the rest of this transmission because there's other really cool stuff which I want to include. But just a couple of shares. How was that for you? Crying. Because I, I want us to get there so bad. Like I want us to be able to create yeah, this world of pure divinity and beauty and love. Yeah. Thank you. My my signal dropped out for a moment, but I heard the end of that. I appreciate that. Thank you, Celeste. One more. I'm happy to share. Um, I was in my own in the room, so I shared with myself. <laughs> and it was great because I had like all this time to fantasize, like all the time with all the people. <laughs> and for me, it was just this like fluid connection between like all the kingdoms. So humanity, animals, nature, minerals, and everybody was in this kind of direct intuitive knowing dance and as mm. we kind of move then then that the, then you get that real sense of the kundalini awakening and alive mm. you know just as like we feel it when we do ritual and it was just like this thing and then i could see like this the whole solar system you know when we get activated and when we are able to move and we're not like fucking fighting against each other then and then it was like so exciting. So I got really pumped. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I think I think there's like in a certain way, I, I feel yeah, there's there's pieces of this that live inside all of us. I feel there's pieces of this that live inside all of us. Okay. So I want to take us into the next pieces, right? And so the next question is, is how, right? Like how, how does this stuff unfold? And um, so DK, right, this Tibetan teacher, at the beginning of this transmission, he points to how like in his work with Bailey, in, in a particular book, it was uh, A Treatise on Cosmic Fire, which is like one of the most crazy books that even exists on the planet. Like, it's ridiculous that that book exists. It basically explains how the multidimensional universe works. It's like, it's insane that that book exists, right? But anyway, there's a piece, there's one passage in that book where he says, um, he says it's actually 
in, he, he, he's talking about a particular constellation that has, that is a super, super powerful constellation. And he says he's, he can't name it. He's, he's not willing to, it's a, a treatise on cosmic fire, Alex, a treatise on cosmic fire. He says like, he's not going to name the constellation because if groups of human beings knew the name of that constellation and started to focus their energy and their attention on it, they could bring in levels of and intensities and voltages of energy, which could actually like disrupt the evolutionary process as it's currently planned. Because it's like, yeah, you can do that. Right? Like that's that's what he's saying. It's like that's that's possible. Yeah. So he's and it turns out like that constellation was um it was Betelgeuse, which is one of the well, it's one of the stars in, in Orion. So he, he, he speaks about that passage and he's then like, yeah, you know, actually groups of human beings can come together and invoke incredibly powerful energies for our collective evolutionary process. Um, and he talks about like the revelation of the galactic center, the revelation of the supermassive black hole that lives at the galactic center and how um, that represents our opening to monadic energy, the energy of spirit. Like this is everything that Shambhala School is founded on. That there's, a, that there's an emergence, a new phase of our collective journey happening right now where the energy of spirit, not just in, in your core or in my core, but cosmically is starting to come online in a way where if groups of human beings start to work with that, they can invoke incredibly powerful energies that can massively empower and speed up in a way which is, we're still this line of healthy, like our current process into a new civilization. But then he's like, he gets super passionate in this transmission about, um, so last year, who here is aware that last year, 2019, was the first time we actually had a picture of a black hole? And you guys, people see that on the news? Yeah. So he's like, that was big, right? Like big. He's like this shit. He, he says every serious student of the path should have that picture on their altar. And he's like, let's go into the depths of why, right? He says, because anyone, who, if you know how that picture was generated, right? It's of, it's of the galactic core. It's still a little fuzzy, right? But it's, it's of the galactic core, the black hole at the galactic core, which that black hole, I'll just know, is like bigger than our entire fucking solar system. So it's like big, right? There's like pictures where you can see like a little bit of Pluto. Right, I'm just going to mute you, Andreas. You can see the orbit of Pluto just like in the center of this thing. Like it's like, you know, Pluto takes like 240 whatever years to orbit our sun. It's so fucking far away. It's, you know, to us within our solar system, it's unimaginably long distance to where Pluto is. And that's just like a little circle in the center of this black hole. Like if you picture where our solar system is, it's like vast. It's called M87, right? So in order for them to generate, the scientists that worked on this for a really long time to generate this picture, cool stuff was required, right? So basically, they had to, and I'm, I shit you not, right? This is literally true. They had to generate a telescope the size of the Earth, right? Now, how did they do that? 
they did that by combining the signals of hundreds and hundreds of telescopes all over the earth in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere like under the earth above the earth and not only did they combine hundreds and hundreds of telescope signals like all over the earth but they had to actually combine all of those signals into one signal right so there's a whole piece um in the transmilan teachings that actually like the development of scientific discoveries which are outer discoveries about the nature of the cosmos is a is an outer reflection of the kind of more internal mystical um metaphysical practices and openings of those who are working with subtle energies and consciousness right so it's said that they mirror each other right and yet dk says in this transmission he's like actually it's a little bit of a shame that those who are working on inner levels and through consciousness and their connection to subtle energy are not teaming up and engaging the same kind of incredibly penetrative and powerful collaboration as these types of scientists and look what they did right so then basically what he's saying is like in order for humanity to enter into its cosmic heritage for it to do all the shit that i was speaking about before which is to you know join as part of one multi-kingdom life within earth and enter into its cosmic inheritance as part of a wider ecology of cosmos in order for that to happen and for us to invoke as a cosmic shaman the cosmic energies that can empower and significantly um, contribute to that journey for us we have to do what the scientists do like we have to actually come together and start to as groups invoke these energies in ways that he says if you do this this can be incredibly powerful but he says the groups who do this must be doing it as one being right and this is where he starts to talk about this is what group initiation is about so he says you know the piscean civilization the piscean age which is just ending involved um you know really the flower of individualization and that's not just personal individualization it's individualization as our souls like i know who i am as a soul and i'm showing up in the world but the aquarian civilization isn't about that the aquarian civilization is the next step it's actually about our identification as the one life that we are it's about humanity's awakening as one life as the one life of the earth which is actually even cosmic it's a cosmic life that's here and we are that it's where there is a replacement of the personal individual i in the core of who i am with the one eye of the whole right and he says like this it is one humanity when when humanity knows itself as one being as one emanation of life and one frequency of the sevenfold chord of the earth then we can start to play our part in this way and he says the instigation the beginning of group initiation so you know a bunch of you guys will know this already and it's a big part of these teachings that it said that part of what's happening right now is the beginning of an entirely new process of initiation on the planet that will mass initiate humanity right that will involve 
involve the mass initiation of groups, right? And so what that means is that powerful currents of cosmic energy are coming online, which as they start to be invoked and to play through groups will start to have us wake up as one thing, right? I did, um, and there's some people who I do some weekly kind of group initiation exploration with. And last week I invited the group into this thing of like, okay, like feel, can you feel instead of your eye as an individual, can you let yourself start to feel the one eye of humanity? And actually there was, it was interesting. There was a lot of resistance in the group because it's like, actually that's really fucking vulnerable. Like feel that, like feel your connection to humanity as a whole, feel all this stuff. Like how much do you want to let that in basically? Right. And yet it's important to get here. Now we're not talking about the personality eye of humanity. We're talking about the deep core life that we are. Right. And when that starts to come online in a being, we start to wake up to the fact that actually we are a single cosmic life that is in process of waking up to itself through this particular thing that is humanity all at once. Right. So, yeah. And he says like the group initiation process is basically, it's like the middle step. It's the middle step between personal eye and the eye of the eye of earth that we know ourselves actually as the, as the cosmic eye of earth. And Peter and I were talking about this yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before, like raise your hand if you've ever been part of a group process and it could be an embodied process or it could be in consciousness where for reasons that you don't even need to know, like oftentimes we don't know why, but for whatever reasons, some point, the energies in the room, what's going on just starts to sync up and come into an alignment and something else starts to happen. And a group starts to have that experience. Actually, there's something else going on here. There's something deeper than any of us that's starting to be alive through all of us. Hey, raise your hand if you've ever had that experience. Yeah, it's incredible, right? Like for me, it's been like, you know, those have been peak experiences of my life when that stuff's happened. And it's extraordinary and magical and miraculous and beautiful. And, and mostly in my experience, it hasn't lasted very long. Like it's been something that's been there for a while and then something in the group has gone out of coherence and it's gone. It's like this incredible thing that we're on the verge of discovering in my experience and something that i found profound about that is in my experience whenever that happens it's, it's literally like there's a switch like there's a switch we can push and suddenly i'm not operating just out of me i suddenly am starting to operate out of the one out of the whole here and you're not just operating out of you anymore you're operating out of the whole here we're actually looking into each other's eyes and both aware there's one thing that's alive through us here deeper than any of our personal eyes so this is the group initiation process and part of, you know, there's multiple pieces that are part of the group initiation process. There's deep group intimacy, which is an incredible gift, 
right? Which is like, I am willing to offer in all of me into the group heart. Like I'm willing to let you see me. I'm willing to let you see my vulnerabilities, my traumas, my places that I might find very hard to let people see. You're willing to do the same because we recognize each other as souls. I get that you're not all of that stuff, really. It's your conditioning and your traumas and your challenges in life. And whilst we have deep compassion and welcome for them, I also get that you're something deeper than that. And you get that I am too. And it's that spaciousness that allows us to actually welcome anything we need to work through and be intimate and connected with each other as we do that as a group, right? Because we get that actually we're all in a soul process. So let's do this. Yeah. So there's a beautiful intimacy there, but there's another piece of the group initiation piece, which isn't just the kind of the intimacy of souls. It's the, it's the radical awakening as one thing. Like it's that something comes online within us where actually our identity starts to fundamentally shift. And there's a deeper identity that starts to take over. And so actually, it's not just John anymore doing John's thing or Alex doing Alex's thing or Martine doing Martine's thing. We're all self-aware at a deep place in ourselves that we are part of something greater, not even just part of something, we are that life is expressing itself through multiple bodies, multiple eyes, multiple hearts. And that's starting to take over. And where that leads in the group initiation process is humanity as a whole. And actually the, the promise of the Aquarian civilization is that we have a civilization grounded on this. Like not just spiritual groups who are pioneering a new territory, right? That we have a civilization grounded on the recognition that we are one thing. We are one life. We are one presence. And, and our destiny is far vaster than even just the earth process. So he says that when that starts to come online, earth will enter into its cosmic inheritance and it will become a sacred planet. It's understood, you know, like a sacred planet. It's a technical term in these teachings for a planet that's operating from that depth of self-realization where the kingdoms of lives know who they are, you know? So we're not there yet, yeah? Of course, like there is abundant, profound divinity here. We all know that. And yet at the same time, we're not at a place where we're collectively operating from, from real awakening and awareness of who we truly are. And that's the basis of what we're doing. That's the basis of our civilization. That's the basis of how we live our day to day. That's the basis for how our systems work. So, um, I want to just read you because it's a really powerful, beautiful teaching. Um, there's a piece at the end where he says um, he gives ways that people can participate in this process. Some steps you can take. Work with your groups, the groups you're connected to, and seek to quickly replace a group of individuals with a group entity operating through a field of individual selves. 
this is the process of group initiation and requires the willing surrender or consent of the individual self to this process. Once this has progressed to the point that it can be trusted, then move as quickly as possible to identification as the one life. Surrender or merge the group entity at the center with the one life of humanity and then the one life of the planet. <clears throat> this, is a spiritual, this is spiritual organization where the individual cell is now knowingly and cooperatively part of the whole. Now the whole, through its many parts, turns them in the same inner direction or orientation. Orient to the galactic center, not only as a symbol, but as a genuine and real source of inspiration, energy, and inflowing potency. Know where the physical location is in the sky and be able to locate it. Know when the galactic center rises and sets in your location and when it is overhead. Create rituals that orient yourself to it in time and space. Put the image of the galactic core of M87 on your altar and in your group space. Andreas, let's do this. Let's get a copy of that photo and put it in the Shambhala temple space when we, when we next gather. And contemplate its layers of significance. Meditate individually and together on the core of the Milky Way or M87 which is monadically one with all galactic cores because there is only one darkness. Seek to become sensitive to the inner emanations from this source. Synchronize global meditations using the group soul fields in the same way that the telescopes were used by scientists. Create altars or dedicated places on the land where the specific alignment with the galactic center energy is undertaken. Seek to transmit the equivalent of cosmic ray energy into the earth at that point so that the black dragon energy of the earth begins to awaken and flow. Involve your body in rituals and practices that circulate the energies both from earth and cosmos. Use the entry point at the back of the heart for galactic life force and activate your dark body. Yeah. So, and he says, just I'll just share this point. He says at the beginning, the awakening of the dark energy stored in earth, the connection with the galactic center, the coming of death, which is life, the initiation of civilization, the current decade of crisis, the anchoring of temples, all form part of a single interlocking whole, which is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. Stepping back from all of the events occurring on the planet, see them as outpicturings of a single process instigated by the soul of Earth with the consent of humanity. Shift your attention then to what is coming and begin to play your part as a conscious cell identified with the whole vivifying life of this cosmic shaman that is Earth. Okay. So I want to put you back into some small groups for a final little share. And I want to invite you to now be in a, an experiential inquiry that allows itself to reveal as you share. So the inquiry is what happens in me? 
when I open to the possibility that there's only one of us here? What happens in me when I open to the possibility that there's only one of us here? And each person will have two minutes. And um, yeah, just let it, let it reveal as you feel, feel what happens in you and just whatever it is, just share that as, um, as the time is going on. Okay, I'll put you in groups and then we'll have a little harvest to close. supposed to be talking to each other Yana, do you wanna do you wanna be in a group? Sure. Yeah. Right. Olivia, do you wanna be do you wanna be in a group with Yana? Sure. Okay, cool. I'll just put you guys in a group. Did you did you not receive a, an invitation? No. no. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Okay. Should this should work.
So many people always come back so smiley, so nice. <laughs> okay. So I've still got a couple of folks deep in it, I'm sure. We're just returning now. Okay, so little harvest, how was that? I'll go. So group process for me um, tend to be very, um, just like, I just start to just vibrate and just the whole energy starts to circulate. And yeah, I I think I'm the one that always goes, yeah, pick me, pick me. So it always seems to just be kind of like, okay, we'll just, and then I see they're just doing all sorts of whatever things, but it's just so much fun. I love it because it's just so alive and vibrant and that's what seems to happen around group space. Um, and yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm the cosmic shaman of in a human body. <laughs> you we know, the are. earth shaman thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We we yeah, are exactly. all that we are all that cosmic shaman. Exactly. Thank you, Anna. Anyone else? How was it for you to contemplate that there's just one of us here? I'll share again. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. For me, it's like when we, and it's 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 something I've been working on the last, um, yeah. Um, idea of perception versus reality you know when you say okay imagine yourself, we are, imagine that we are one it's in my head it's like that immediately goes into the future we will be one we will behave as one and the reality for me at least what i'm i'm catching myself with is that we are this is reality now mm-hmm. um, it just it feels different because it doesn't feel like we're in harmony but we are in harmony there's another agreement that we're in right now mm. there's another we've agreed to this tension as part of our evolution mm. we've agreed to rape each other murder each other all this fucked up perceived to be fucked up stuff this is part of part of it um and just to remind myself that it's not like always this it will be one it will be harmonious it's like we are it's just maybe there's a a different version of it and maybe there's a harmonious one that is not so edgy and it's more fluid yes okay but actually we are there um and that's the the essence of non-duality we're not trying to get anywhere we are exactly where we are and we're just moving on our path mm. um, so this is for me yeah an interesting dance thank you rise up For me, it was it was first and foremost physical experience, where 
my whole body got really, really relaxed. Like there's no tension at all. And there's just freedom. And at some point there was uh, my personality freaking out what's happening, what's happening. And then at the end, there was just the question, what now, since we're all one, what now? Mm. Beautiful, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've had that same question. For me, it's like now we build temples to that. Like now we now we build a civilization based on that. Okay, folks. So we've come to the end today. I realize, like, I I will do a better job in the future of like reading the chat stuff as I'm talking as well. So I just want to address some of the things that came up in the chat. Um, yes, I will. I'll post when I post the recording. I'll post this transmission underneath it as well, so you can have access to the recording and the transmission. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and just to say like this work of like, I, I really, I really want to double tap, triple tap, quadruple tap, like that really the core instruction and invitation of this transmission is for groups who are up for working with the evolutionary process that we're all a part of to come together, surrender even more deeply into the recognition that there's just one of us here and then deliberately focus their awareness on the galactic center, on the galactic core of M87, out into the super high frequency energy sources of cosmos and call those energies in for the, for the evolution of what's here. And actually, the, you know, Bruce posted something the other day to do with the solstice that's coming, where there's a kind of never before kind of alignment that's happening and um and actually that's this the next one which is going to be very like it is understood to happen 2039 so it's said that between now and 2039 in this most very most recent transmission he says it's like the bookends of the the coming out of the planetary soul but there's a particular opportunity this solstice for huge huge transformational energies to come in if we can come together like the scientists did basically orient ourselves as one field with one telescope pointing to these sources of huge energy such as the galactic core um yeah the thing where can i get a picture of m87 of good quality it's still a little blurry the picture right so just but just look up like 2019 black hole photo and we should um we'll have it in the next shambhala school event and yeah. i will take care of that awesome thanks brother Cool. Okay, so good to be with you all. Real pleasure. Um, and yeah, if, if people have any further kind of inquiries or overflows of passion or interest or inspiration, feel free to share them in the Shambhala School Facebook group because um, this is all really powerful stuff and it's really core to the, to the work that Shambhala School as a whole is based on. So yeah. Good to be with you all. Same time next week. I'll do the next one. And um, yeah, see you there if you're there. Sending much love and until next time. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Thank, Thank you. you.